hey buddies, grab a cup of coffee or a snack or hop in the car because I have a big update episode for you today. That's what we're doing today. I'm just sitting down with Atticus Finch, who I have to update you on first because he's sitting next to me and chirping up a storm. Of course, if I'm just sitting down here working, he's usually quiet, having a nap. But as soon as I sit down to record something, he is singing away. So if you hear him, that is Atticus Finch, the zebra finch, singing happily. He has a cage that is about three times as large as the last one and has been spending the last few months getting used to all his new toys and his new space. And he's just such a happy camper. And we've made peace between the bird and the cat. They now no longer are interested in each other, which is a great, great update. Atticus is doing fine. I've had a few people email me and ask. So now you have your Atticus update right up at the top. (laughs) Oh, what a year it has been. And I know that it's only July, the end of July, but it's been a crazy year. So before I kind of update you on where we're at right now, I just wanted to sit down and recap everything that's happened so far. Oh, by the way, this is the Snail Mail Superstar podcast. (laughs) in case you were wondering i'm sarah the owner of constellation and co and the self-proclaimed snail mail superstar that's who i am sitting here drinking coffee literally drinking coffee i am reporting to you from my 1954 basement rumpus room it is wood paneled and completely not updated since 1954 when the house was built and I have learned to absolutely love it. I had a whole lot of plans for what I was going to do with this space and this year has just shaken up all of my plans in every way possible but I have found quite a love for this weird (laughs) spot below my house and I'll just I'll let you know more about that as we get to that point in the story. So before I ramble anymore, here we go. Here's the recap of 2020 month by month. (sighs) It's a big one. Let's go. So in January, I released my first book, the year I became Snail Mail Superstar. I self-published and threw myself a birthday slash book release party on January 11th. And it was awesome. It was just a really great night. And with everything to come, I look back on that night quite often as really the last time that life felt any kind of normal. So it's a good one. It's a good one to look back on. At the very end of January, I woke up one morning with intense neck pain. And basically February through April spent in pain. I had pain in my neck and then I had nerve issues and tingling all the way down my right arm into my hand. And I had lost complete feeling in my thumb for several months. I'm right-handed, and that was very difficult. Of course, with everything else going on in the world, that kind of took a back seat, and I figured out how to work around it. But I did a lot of physical therapy, a lot of changing of my work schedule, and there was a period of time between February and March that I couldn't work more than an hour a day. So that really set me back and made things difficult at the beginning of the year, as you can imagine. In March... As COVID-19, coronavirus hit the U.S., it hit here first. So I feel like for a little while I felt crazy because I was watching all these things happen here that weren't happening anywhere else in the country. So it was very top of mind from the beginning for us here in Washington. 
and I watched that very closely because it started here. And I tried, at least in the beginning, to be as proactive as I could with the decision-making around my business and how my business was going to be affected by the shutdowns, stay-at-home orders, and then just the general economy and the struggles that it has had. So I'm trying to remember exactly what day it was, but it was about two-thirds of the way through March. I kind of saw the writing on the wall and decided to bring everything home, <laughs> like everything. Um, everything I could move in my SUV, I brought home. And that is literally tens of thousands of greeting cards and postcards, everything from the shop that we sold from other vendors, all of my packaging materials. I brought the whole business home. And that seemed a little bit crazy when I did it that day. I had Michelle there with me and we were just kind of looking at each other like, I can't believe we're doing this. And I'm glad that I did because I think it was the next day or the day after that the stay-at-home order was announced for Washington State, which meant I would have had to move everything home, period. Because if I wanted to continue to have my business open and make any kind of income, I needed to be able to ship things from my home. So that was the decision that I made. And I didn't know it at the time, but that was going to be the end of the shop permanently. So that day is also a little bit surreal to think back on all those trips to my house. I was worried at the time that it was too extreme of a step and that I'd need to be bringing everything back in another week or two. But as we now know, that uh, that was a wise choice and have made that choice permanently for the future. In April, we moved the printing presses home, which considering my heaviest press is over a ton and my lightest press is around 500 pounds. <laughs> I have three presses, a paper cutter, and thousands of pounds of lead and wood printing type and you know, drawers and cabinets and things for those. We moved it all home. And that was the next step for me in ensuring that my business could continue because we had started to sell out of lots of items and needed to reprint them. And I didn't feel comfortable asking Molly to come to the fisherman's terminal to print in the space because we didn't have our own bathroom and we had no control over who would be around as she had to come in and out, go to the bathroom and interact with people. So we moved everything home and Molly spent the next month or two coming and coming to my garage door, which we left unlocked. She would open it, come in and print. There was a bathroom there. We were able to sanitize everything, keep everything clean and not interact with her while she was here. So I felt comfortable with that for a few months. Yes. In May. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. So moving forward, <laughs> I just feel like it's so much and it's easy for me to kind of disconnect from everything that's happened this year and feel like that was another lifetime. And now kind of repeating it, everything in a row. I feel very overwhelmed <laughs> emotionally, <laughs> but this is good. This is good. We need to talk through this stuff. So in May, I made the permanent decision to close the shop and was able to negotiate with my landlord to end our lease early. So we were able to get out of the last three or four months of the lease and completely move everything out, sell off anything we could and make that permanent closure of the shop. So that was in May. In June, there's been a lot happening in June and July. 
a lot, a lot. And a lot of the things you all know about because you live in the world and watch the news. So I'm not going to give you a full recap of every, every, everything. Um, but in June, with the the Black Lives Matter movement coming so much to the forefront, and if you didn't know, my son is black. I'm an adoptive parent of a beautiful black son. All of that hit me hard, and I've been engaged with the movement and the greater movement for for equity for the end of police brutality and for deeper conversations about race for years now. This is not new to me at all, but with it coming so much to the forefront on social media and in the press and in just day-to-day interactions with people, it was very important to me to take a full break from marketing, from talking about my business, from trying to sell products and just take that break. It's been interesting for me because I I had seen my life as sort of split into that my work life, because I had the overhead of the shop and employees who depended on me for payroll, I have always been afraid to talk too much about politics or about passionate, (laughs) the passionate support that I have for my son and for people who look like him for equity um, because it's, it can be scary. It can be scary and people can react poorly. And I was afraid to bring up the things that mattered to me in my personal life, in my work life, because I didn't know how that would affect my business in the future. And I didn't want to risk the livelihood for my employees. I just didn't want to, and it didn't feel right. But this June, that wall broke down for me. And I think some of it was how much things have changed for the business already this year. And some of it was, I saw that my ability to separate my personal and my work life was a privilege. And I didn't want to exercise that privilege anymore. Because if if folks want to support my business, my woman-owned local small business, they also need to support me. And my life is so around my son and his future and who he is and and how to love him well and if my business can't reflect that then I'm not really bringing my whole self to the table so in June I took a full week away from doing any marketing from really talking about my business and anything because I saw the potential for lifting up other voices. And I saw as other people were doing that, that it was really important to me to join that. And I have woven more and more of my personal beliefs and things that are important to me and my family into my business life since then. And one of the big things has been to do a monthly anti-racism efforts update on my blog. So if you go to constellationco.com slash blog, I've been updating that more often this year. And each month, I share what the weekly donations that I'm making with Constellation & Co. are, the books that I'm reading, the resources that are helpful to me currently, um, any purchases that I'm making from Black-owned small businesses, all of those types of things I'm sharing on those blog posts. 
So if you're curious about any of those things, that's where you can check that out. And that's been a big addition to what I do this year. In June, I also said goodbye to my team. And this has been really hard for me because when coronavirus peaked over the horizon and I saw all these changes coming, my the most important thing to me was making sure that my team was well cared for and that they were not unceremoniously um, dropped. And I've worked very hard, nearly around the clock, <laughs> the first few months of this year, post neck issues, during neck issues, let's be real, um, to ensure that the income that we made was enough to keep them in their jobs. And as we moved into mid-June, I just had some really difficult realizations about what my business could actually achieve financially for the future. And Molly was actually able to find a great full-time job as a printer. She's working with giant presses now, but I'm so happy that she'll still have inky hands and she's vowed to come back if I ever need any additional help on the side. And we said goodbye to Michelle as well. And it's just really hard because I love my team. I loved working with both of them. I loved working with all the folks that helped out keeping the shop open, especially during the weekends and things. And um, honestly, since I opened the shop back in 2014, having a full-time team meant a lot to me and was a big reason that I made a lot of the decisions I made along the way because it wasn't just me anymore. So by the end of June, it was just me again, of course, with the assistance of my sister who's interning this summer and helping out on the bookkeeping end of things. And my mom, who has been our bookkeeper extraordinaire for a, a decade, at least. <laughs> She's incredible and has worked so hard to help us this year make all these changes. So I still have <laughs> some help. But saying goodbye to my you know, my formal employees has been really difficult. And they have all been so lovely and supportive and understanding. And they're in a good place. And I was able to get through the March, April, May, and partial June, you know, almost four months of this change before having to make this final decision. Um, but that is a decision, unfortunately, that I had to make. We've been so well-loved and supported by our customers this year. But in reality, the business at the form that it's at right now just can't can't hold up an entire team. It just doesn't make sense. And honestly, there's a huge part of me that's sad. And then there's also a pretty big part of me that's that ex is still excited about the future and feels a wave of relief that now that the shop overhead is off my shoulders and the worry about my team is off my shoulders. I can make whatever decisions make sense for the business and for me as a person and for my family. And that's where I really am at right now is looking at how does the business fit into my family life and how does it fit into my future? And I'm making some different decisions. So July is kind of the final month to recap for you. And in July, for me, it has been about being outside. 
I have started this summer of parks project where I go to a new large park each week. I take one day of the week and I go and I hike and I walk and I write outside and um, I go by myself and I walk in silence and I just enjoy the beautiful Seattle summer. We are so blessed in Seattle with these huge parks. I'm talking like 500 acres, 200 acres, like huge parks with hiking trails and beaches and incredible views. And summer in Seattle is the reason people live here. It's so beautiful, mostly like high 60s and 70s and sunny. And it's just incredible. I love it here so much. And it's been really nice this summer to take the time and the opportunity to be outside as often as I can because I know <laughs> summer's not going to last forever and this weather's not going to last forever and this moment of calm this summer has been really important to me. So each week when I go to a park I then come home and I do a digital illustration on my iPad of the shape of the park and the trails and some information about it and I've been posting those to my blog as well as social media. And I love <laughs> love this project so much. I have loved parks. Discovery Park has always been my favorite. But because of where we lived in the past and where we live now, I've been exploring new parks and have made a huge list of places that I want to visit. And I've started to include Kiddo when I go as well on certain days. And he's been loving it as well. So... That's been something that I've been doing a ton. Like I said, I've been drawing and painting on my iPad. I had a really, really old iPad that we used at the shop for um, like our checkout stand. And my husband has had an iPad Pro and he's always loved writing and drawing and doing projects on it. And he got a new iPad for work. And so I got his hand-me-down, which for me, it it's just so magical. <laughs> I've never had a a new iPad or new-ish that, you know, with the Apple Pencil and the ability to do these projects. And I have been enjoying it so much. And I've been doing these digital paintings of photographs that I take when I'm out on my walks in parks and of uh, plants from my home and plants from my garden and plants on the deck. And there's something special to me about capturing images and moments from these days outside that I love and then making paintings of them and also of growing something with my own two hands and sunshine and water and then when an especially beautiful flower blooms or you know it puts out some some new foliage or, or whatever it's been really fun to be able to take ownership of the image from the very beginning like there's a Dahlia image that I did recently that I'm really happy with and I spent like 11 hours on the painting. It's like so long. But I like grew that dahlia from a bulb in the spring. And I've waited and waited and waited and waited. And it was the first flower from that new plant. And just the, the pride that I feel about every aspect of that artwork is indescribable. It's just really special. So I've been kind of daydreaming and making whatever I feel like and making artwork based on quotes that I find and um, things that are important to me right now. And I don't know, it, it feels really special and like there's some potential there. 
I don't have any social media apps on my iPad, which is another really nice thing. So when I grab it in the evenings to either like watch a movie or something on YouTube and I you know want to sit down in front of the TV with my iPad um, or sit out with my hammock or sit on the deck, I've been like taking it everywhere. Like I don't have any access to any social media, which I find so healthy and helpful for me to take breaks from being plugged in. Um, yeah, and I've just been making things every evening. And I don't know what I'm going to do with them all yet. I don't know where this is all taking me, but it feels exciting to have something new to get excited about and to something new to make and to just make things for the sake of making them has been pretty wonderful. So that's the big recap of things that have happened this year. I am now going to run down a very silly recap of things that you probably don't need to know about, but I'm going to tell you anyways. We can time it. It'll be fast. Let's go. Silly recap. I dyed my hair purple. I can't stop listening to Folklore by Taylor Swift like over and over again. I have been eating kale, lettuce, tomatoes, shelling peas, zucchini, all kinds of things for my garden all summer. And I feel like just, I feel like Pioneer Woman. It's great. And I've been playing Animal Crossing since basically March and I have over 100 and something hours in the game and I just love it so much and it's ridiculous. But I have taken interior design in my Animal Crossing house very seriously and I also have a pair of glasses I wear in Animal Crossing that I liked so much and were so cute I bought them in real life and now I wear them. Okay that's the recap. Now you know everything. You know everything about me. <laughs> everything that's happened this year. Now you know. <laughs> You're welcome. So looking ahead there are several things that I want to tell you about. Some are a little sad and some are really great. So I'll start with sad. <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I'm saying goodbye to YouTube. And I, it's probably not a huge surprise. I haven't been uploading very much at all this year. Some of that is because the YouTube time that I used to spend and schedule out was time when I was home alone. So I could set up my, my recording my filming area and my lights and have time to sit down. Sometimes it takes me a couple of hours to do a video between setup, recording, and then the editing and all of that. It takes a long time. So having not been home alone, like almost literally at all since March, <laughs> like the beginning of March is when my husband started working from home and kiddo was home this whole time. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> so I haven't had any time. And with my neck issues, a lot of the issues were based on looking down at a computer screen for hours and hours at a time. I've been trying to take breaks from that. So editing has been kind of out for me. I also am just struggling with the platform in general. I worked really hard to get to the number of subscribers that I needed to monetize, but getting the watch hours in order to make some little, you know, pennies back from my videos, I'm, I'm not going to get there this year, especially with these setbacks. And I've honestly kind of hit a period where the only interaction I have with YouTube has been incredibly ugly and offensive comments that people are leaving on old videos and a lot of them about letterpress. And I don't know who on the internet is out there that's an experienced letterpress printer who just searches for people to be mean to, but that is happening. And um, I am not interested in being part of a toxic platform. 
And I know that not everyone on YouTube is toxic. And I have met so many wonderful, wonderful people on YouTube, many of you probably who are listening. So I'm so grateful for the time that I've spent on YouTube for the past two and a half years. But when it comes down to it, if I can't, if I can't enjoy the time that I'm spending and the things that I'm doing, and it's so much hard work, it's not worth it to me, especially with the circumstances that I am at in my life. I just, I can't, I can't make myself want to spend the extreme amount of time and energy it takes to invest in that platform doesn't mean I'm not going to be making videos. In fact, I just started a couple weeks ago making a video every time I visit my P.O. box where I do the same thing I've been doing on YouTube. I just do it over on Instagram. And my handle on Instagram is at Superstar. And on IGTV there on that platform, I post the unedited video of me opening and reading my mail after I visit my P.O. box. And I will continue to do that. That doesn't require nearly as much time, energy, stress, whatever. And I do have, um, I have better luck with Instagram. I always have. And at the end of the day, I just need to do what makes the most sense and is the least amount of stress. And right now YouTube ain't it. So I'm not deleting my channel. I'm not deleting my videos. I have privated a few of them that have been like a magnet for nastiness. I don't know why, but I'm just not interested and putting myself out there for people to just be cruel again and again. I just, my mental health is more important than that. So I've made that decision. Um, I'll still, I'll still pop in every once in a while. If I have a video that I'm really excited to make and I, I'm, you know, passionate about editing and putting it out there and sharing it, then I will. But I can't commit to any kind of uploading schedule or really commit to being there at all right now. It just doesn't make sense. So that's where we're at with YouTube. With the podcast, I am calling this the season finale, season one, and I'm going to take a couple week break. I'm not sure if that's one week, two weeks, three weeks, or six weeks, who knows, but I'm taking a few week break and I will be back. I love making the podcast. I love the interviews that I get to do with people and those conversations, but I need a break. I am tired. I'm really tired this summer and uh, I need a little break. So I'm going to take that break and then hit it back probably closer to the fall with some new interviews and things. And I'm excited to continue to show you more of my life and bring you along for more of the journey of my business here on the podcast. So I think that's another reason it's made it easier for me to say goodbye to YouTube is that the podcast has kind of been filling that niche in my life the last few months. And it's easier for me to edit since it's audio. I can just listen while I'm doing other things, packing orders and shipping and all that kind of stuff. And um, it requires less editing. And I don't have to feel like I have to get up and put on makeup and be cute. I can just wear my pajamas because let's be real. I work from home now. I wear my pajamas a lot. (laughs) So anyways, I also think that the podcast is a, a an easier way to include friends and folks that I want to interview than on YouTube because being in person together right now ain't a great idea. So that's kind of where we're at. So the podcast is not going away. I'm just taking a little breather and trying to renew my list of folks to interview and to bring on my new list of ideas. 
and season two will be coming. So stick around for that. I'd love to share some ways that you can support Constellation & Co. and support me for the next few months. You can always join Card Club. That is the honestly the best way that you can support us. That If you don't know Card Club, it is a monthly subscription service. You receive either three or six greeting cards and postcards in the mail each month with some like extra special goodies. And in the last few months, I've started writing a full page letter with some fun like postage stamps and stickers and things and then sending that to everybody. So when Card Club hit like 75, 80 people, I wasn't able to to do a literal handwritten note for every single person because my hand would fall off and it takes too many days. So instead, I've been sitting down and writing like a, a really thoughtful letter that I would have sent to one person, but now I can send to lots of people. So that's one thing. And this year, Card Club went totally plastic free. So we use recycled um, craft mailers, paper tape, don't include any sleeves on the cards. And a little hint, I'm trying to get rid of sleeves on cards across my business in the next few months. So stay tuned for that. Um, but Card Club is incredible. Like I don't have a Patreon. There's not a lot of ways that you can like ongoing support me, but Card Club is that way. It's either a 16 or $32 subscription. There's two levels, the three and the six card. And if you're a Card Club member, you get all of my new products first, sometimes before they're even released. You get lots of fun things. And with Card Club being sort of the cornerstone of the business moving forward, I'm going to be able to put more time and energy into it, more fun things, uh, more exclusives. So I would love for you to join Card Club. You can also join my email newsletter. If you go to constellationco.com and scroll all the way to the bottom before like the footer, there's a subscribe box where you can join the email newsletter just to keep updated and see what new fun things we've got going on. And with all those digital paintings I've been doing the last month or so, I'm going to start releasing those as free phone and device backgrounds that are sent out in the email newsletter. So if you want to get a little piece of my ongoing artwork, especially if you are an out of the country person listening who doesn't want to pay international shipping, which I do not, I do not blame you, but would like to support the online email newsletter is a great way to do that because you can kind of keep up to date and get the device backgrounds, all of that good stuff. So love to have you there. Obviously you can order online at constellationco.com anytime. We still have the virtual brick and mortar that is going, which means I've got, oh, what do I have? Like, socks and stickers and rubber stamps and wax seals and candles and chocolate and puzzles and notebooks and fountain pens and like you name it it's on there so if you have ever enjoyed shopping in my brick and mortar store or have ever wanted to visit like the things that I carry it, a lot of it is still on the website we would love to sell it to you and send it to you so take a look at that and that's a lot of it I guess the last two things are for the podcast moving forward. If there's someone you would like me to interview, please send that information to me. I would love to know. You can send it to hello, H-E-L-L-O, at constellationco.com. I'd love to receive that. And I'll reach out to that person and see if I can't have a cool conversation with them. The final thing that I'd like to say, and I know this is long for a just listening to me talk episode, but... Something that is very much important to me right now is that you register to vote 
and you vote. Right now in Seattle, we have a local election, a local primary election, and I would love for everyone, every, every, every U.S. citizen, if you can, to vote in the upcoming election in November. It is very important to me, not just because of my personal beliefs, not just because of my family, but on a professional business level. Um, the USPS is in grave danger right now. And I would love for you to read about it. If you don't know about this at all, which it would surprise me if you're listening to Snail Mail Superstar and you don't know about this. But if you don't know, please look into it. But the new postmaster has made some extreme changes to the USPS. And the USPS is also rolling off of some difficult things that were put in place a few years ago. Namely, that something like 70 years of pensions have to be in the bank in advance, which is an amount of money that is staggering. And no business can be effective and profitable with that kind of regulation and expectation on them. But currently, the postmaster has made some extreme changes, like, for example, cutting overtime. In a season during a pandemic where people are ordering things online and shipping them to their home more than ever before, he's cutting overtime so that mail carriers aren't able to make it to every house on their route, which is terrifying. If you're at the end of a route, you might just be screwed, and that's not great. And the other thing is that they are delaying mail. They know that mail is there to be go- going out and it is being delayed. For me, if, if I'm not able to ship things in a, an effective, efficient way, m- my business is in trouble. And even more than that, if, if the funding for the USPS is predicated on tripling or quadrupling the price of first class shipping, my business is in major trouble. The only reason that I have a business right now, especially in 2020, is because of USPS first class shipping and the ability to ship something for three or four or five dollars to my customers. I've spoken to mail carriers who are very concerned about their jobs and about the future of USPS. And as a small business person, I have to tell you that I am looking I am looking at some pretty extreme measures for me to have an income and to continue to have a business if I can't ship things anymore because FedEx and UPS are not an option for me. None of my customers want to pay $10, $12, $15 for shipping to ship out some greeting cards to their home. No one wants to do that. And I hope that if it comes to that, that some people will. But realistically, I don't see that being possible. And That's just my small business, but everyone else I've spoken to is also in the same boat and is very concerned about what happens next. So why am I telling you all this? Because beyond signing petitions, which we should do, and if you see one, sign it, beyond writing your representatives, which I've been calling, I've decided that even though I'm a millennial, I can pick up the phone and call my mayor and my city council and my state representatives. I'm doing that. I've gotten involved in some local politics to hopefully 
uh, more on the local level, have people that represent the things that are important to me. But on this national level, the best thing that you can do is to vote in the November election. And I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I will tell you that voting for a candidate that wants to gut the USPS and privatize mail service is not a candidate, is not a president that I can support, period. And I'm not going to try to indoctrinate you with anything else because I don't need to, because I really don't need to. All I need to say is that if you care about snail mail in the, in the United States of America, this election matters. So I just want to encourage you, now is a great time. It's just the end of July. Now is a great time to make sure you're registered to vote. And don't assume. Make sure there are websites where you can check. Type to Google, how do I check if I'm registered to vote in your state? And do it. Just double check. Register to vote. I would also love to have you look into vote by mail. Here in Washington, we vote by mail every election, and it's incredible. It works so well. And if you have vote by mail in your state, consider incentives, instead of sending it through the USPS, which could be delayed, and you know, it could be delayed, find a Dropbox if you've got one. Here in Seattle, we have Dropboxes. But if you are sending it USPS, send it early. So as soon as you get your ballot, send it back. Fill it out, do your research, send it back. If you don't automatically have vote by mail in your state, look into how to request it. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in getting the coronavirus. <laughs> so it would be more beneficial to be able to vote from your home. And I will tell you, living here in Washington, I love voting because I take it very seriously. I sit down with my ballot and my pen and the pamphlet and my computer, and I research every candidate, and I read about every candidate, and I feel educated and ready when I vote, which every voter in the USA should have that option and the opportunity to be an educated, engaged voter. And vote by mail is a great way to ensure that that happens. And I just ask you to consider why politicians potentially would be against vote by mail and against in a pandemic, people being able to vote from their homes and safely. Not every person out there involved in politics wants you to vote. In fact, many strategies are to either prevent or to discourage folks from voting. I'm here to tell you that your vote matters because your life matters, your opinion matters. And your vote matters. So I'm going to keep talking about voting through November. I'm going to be obnoxious about it because it matters to me. It matters to my business and it matters to the future of our country. So I've got a vote rubber stamp that I put on all my packages. I've got vote social media that's going out on all my accounts. I am engaged and I'm talking about this because there is literally nothing more important I can do to use my voice on right now. I used to believe that personal relationships and having conversations was the only way you could change people's minds. But I'm learning that policy is a very important way to change people's minds because a lot of folks out there want to make you afraid and being educated is a way to fight fear. 
and voting is a way to change policy so that once the policies are in place, folks can see that their fears do not come to pass. And this is true on a lot of things. I think that there is fear around vote by mail and what could happen. But look at kind of what's uh, happened in the uh, last few elections and uh, elections before that. There's always going to be a breakdown and challenges when it comes to voting. Vote by mail is not the enemy here. And as a snail mail superstar, in my own rights, in my own words, I'm always going to support vote by mail because snail mail matters, connecting people matters, fighting for people's rights and dignity matters, and voting matters. Those things are all really important to me. So that's all. That's that's it. These are all the things that I wanted to tell you today, ways that you can support me, ways that you can support snail mail. And I thank you for listening to all the episodes in this season of the Snail Mail Superstar podcast. Your support means the world to me. And I will see you soon, I promise, for season two. Snail Mail Superstar!